Woo-wee, episode 24, Brant. Freezing cold out here, my friend. Freezing cold. No joke. It's about negative 10 degrees in my garage. Gotta love Michigan. How are you, dude? I'm doing real well, Dave. It's nice to be back. So uh, We took a week off. We, we did. Recover. We, you know, football season is so long for us. Um, every week, the grind of the podcast every single week. It was nice to take a week off. Dave and I got kind of busy. So uh, good to be back, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, it is great to to be back. I, you know, it was nice to have a break, but I missed it. And man, we had an outstanding weekend this past weekend of football. Um, and, and I don't know how you felt, but, you know, obviously the Cowboys, you know, our team lost in the previous rounds. They didn't play this past weekend, but I don't know about you, but there was something. And even my wife, Kate told me like, man, football is so much more enjoyable to watch with you when you're not watching your own teams, just because I'm emotional. I'm a big baby. I'm annoying. I'm a sore, (laughs) I'm a sore loser. I'm all of those things. And I know that about myself, but I just enjoyed like every single game this past weekend. So, uh, I mean, I, I think the I was going to ask you what was your favorite game from this past weekend, um, and I mean the the Bills Chiefs game was insane. Um, but wanted to hear your take, man. What what was your favorite part of this past weekend? I think it was probably the Rams and Buccaneers, just because. I mean, we talk all this about Stafford, and I'll be the first one to eat the crow. Uh, I was wrong on him as far well. I don't think I was wrong as far as the pressure thing goes. I think there was a lot of pressure on him, and he stepped up to the plate, and he's the one that made the throw uh, to get them into the NFC Championship game. Uh, they overcame two late fumbles from Cam Akers. Uh, what a gutsy performance by um, Stafford, just grinding that win out um, after, you know, the whole emotional thing happens to you when you're on the sideline and you have to watch Tom Brady crawl back into this game and you're like now i get it right he does this to everybody and now it's happening to me but to stafford's credit he didn't let it happen to him he's the one that stepped up in the big moment he read that coverage he knew what the he knew what the opposing defense was doing and he nailed that throw so good for him i thought that was the coolest thing in the weekend um the other thing i thought was really cool was the Bengals titans where um Joe Burrow got sacked like a hundred times. Yeah. Nine <laughs> it times. Like, it felt like he got sacked all of these times. And I'm watching this uh, game with my dad. Shout out Gary Weaver. Um, you know, I, I'm watching this game with it. And he's like, dude, can they, he cannot throw the ball right now because he's just getting sacked. It seems like every play. And I'm like, I Where's know. Where's Penny Sewell when you need him? Oh, wait, they got Jamar Chase. Stunned. Right. And, and I mean, obviously the Jamar thing is clearly worked out. Um, but really, it was just another good performance from a young guy that you're watching the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens, the Pat Mahomes. I mean, you're watching these difference makers, Dave, while the other guys are heading out the Ryan Tannehills, um, that, that kind of thing. And I think that's just a big difference is these young quarterbacks, man. How fun was that? Man, it's just the the new breed is it is here. And and even a, a, a Pat Mahomes, like people are sick of talking about Patrick Mahomes because we've had to hear it for the last few years, but he's <laughs> say what you will. The, Pat Mahomes is outstanding and he's a likable guy and he's a good sport and he's pretty much 
everything you want in a football player to be kind of the face of the NFL, in my opinion. And then you add Josh Allen into that, uh, who is just an absolute stud in that game. I hated, and I don't want to gripe on this too much, but I hated how just the NFL overtime rules played out there. Um, I thought he, he had a really good comment on that and saying we would have been celebrating the exact same way, you know, if that coin goes the other way and we go down and score. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to revamp NFL overtime rules. I have some ideas to be shared at a later podcast, uh, but that game was just outstanding. And it seems like, you know, they're, they were saying, is this Brady Manning 2.0? I won't go that far yet. I actually think they're, they're different players too um, in a, in a different era of, of football. Uh, but man, that is going to be one to watch for, for years to, for years to come. And then you add Joe Burrow into the AFC mix as well. And it's like Joe Burrow just drips in confidence, love him or hate him. He shows up in big moments and has, you know, since he transferred from Ohio State to LSU and and him and Jamar Chase continue to do what they what they've been doing together for years. And now it happens to be in the National Football League. They're exciting to watch. You're watching him get absolutely destroyed, like you said, Brant, and just get up time after time again. I do keep wondering, like, when's he not going to get up? Like last year, the same thing happened, except he tore his ACL. Like you hope that Joe Burrow can hold up. They need to get that man some protection and build around him for the future. He's the real deal. They're a very, very exciting team. Um, And then, you know, last but certainly not least, man, the 49ers going to Lambeau in the freezing cold, you know, all the way from Cali to Lambeau Field and just getting a huge win and and stopping the the Aaron Rodgers saga in in Green Bay and I, I call it a saga because it just seems like this has just been a whole year of just drama and I'm not talking about his vaccination status I'm talking about just like whether he was going to come back he was mad at the Packers organization and then he demanded he wanted Randall Cobb and you know, it was just so much weird stuff. He wouldn't comment. He played in Capital One, the match. Like, it was just like weird stuff happened for a full year. And gosh, I continue to hear Aaron Rodgers just talk about things. I'm like, man, I can't. I really, yeah, he's a great football player, but I can't, I can't stand that guy. And to see the 49ers come in and get a W there was amazing. Um, and so now you've literally got. Four, four teams in there that I'm excited to, to just watch. And I don't have any vested interest besides, you know, I'm excited to watch some, some good football and Brant, I want to get your predictions real quick. So um, I know we'll talk lines and stuff and I've not seen the lines uh, yet, but we'll do that at the end here. Who, who do you think? So twofold question, who do you want to win? First of all, who do you want to see in the Super Bowl? Um, and who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? I would like to see Rams Bengals in the Super Bowl. And I think I'm just kind of maybe Chiefs fatigue just on that AFC side. I think I'm ready to see a different team. And the Bengals, they might be my favorite team to watch. They are a headache because of, like I talked about, the Joe Burrow sack situation, but they are also explosive. And um, they just have great players on that offense and uh, their defense has some playmakers as well, but I would really like to see them come out of the AFC. And the reason I want to see the Rams come through is um, I don't think the 49ers, 
they are a very solid team, but I don't think that the 49ers would give the Bengals or the Chiefs a very good Super Bowl at all. I don't think they can score with them. And they haven't had to score much to get past the two teams that they've played. Um, So I'll be very interested to see how the Rams would play against either one of those two teams. So give me the Rams uh, and the Bengals, I guess. And then who do I think will get there? I think it'll be Chiefs Rams. Yeah. Um, So that's what I I really think. I think, I mean, first of all, I I'm pulling for, I'm pulling for Bengals 49ers for sure. Um, I, I, I like the, the, the underdog all the way. I don't think any, I'd love to see who put money down at the beginning of the season of a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. Like that's very telling in of itself. Uh, so I, that's what I want to see. I really, Mick Pearson cannot kick their way to the Super Bowl. And I, I know that he, just like Joe Burrow is like dripping in confidence, but they cannot do what they did against the Chiefs. And realistically, I think the Chiefs win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I, I do think the Bengals are a good team. Like, I don't think they're there just by, like, getting lucky. I think they are good and they're gritty and they know how to win games. Uh, and that's that's huge in the playoffs. And you never know. You never know. Um, but I do think that the Chiefs probably come out of that matchup. And the other side, the NFC, I, I would certainly say that the Rams, um, you know, they've they've got to easily be the favorite to to roll into the Super Bowl. But you know what? I have a sneaking suspicion that the 49ers may just shock the world. And I just have a feeling that you're going to see a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. Um, and no, I'm not about to start hating on Matthew Stafford. I just have just have a feeling and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's my memory from like two or three weeks ago and watching the Rams just waste away this game against the 49ers at home. And the 49ers got a huge W to essentially get into the playoffs. Like they're in their heads. I mean, yeah, they want, they want revenge. I get that. I'm sure they're going to come out and it's hard to beat the same team back to back like that. Um, it really is. The 49ers are going to be up against it, but uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. That's my hot take that you may see the, the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And last, last but not least on the uh, Super Bowl predictions, Brant, wild story for you. So, you know, my buddy Gage, right? Yep. So Gage was playing Madden. Uh, he's playing Madden 21, right? So he's playing the old Madden and he's in his franchise mode you know he's a 49ers fan i've i've said that on the podcast before so he gets into his second season 2022 which is the season that we are in right now right in his dynasty and sure enough man do you want to know what he told me just the other day was his super bowl matchup chiefs 49ers nope bengal's 49ers Whoa, yeah okay. yeah All there right. you go so um, and I and and I have to say that yeah, the 49ers went on to uh, to win the Super Bowl. So if Gage's Madden dynasty teaches us anything, I mean, I think it's just something to uh, to keep our eye on. So, Brant, I want to circle back on something. Matthew Stafford, we're not going to just get off the hook that easy with this conversation because you sent me a text message and one that I am saying was the text message heard round the world. You sent me a message this past weekend and said Stafford greater than Rogers. 
whoa, that, that's that, a bom- that's a bombshell text coming from the from the guy who you were literally conducting the Stafford hate train, choo choo, <laughs> and to send me that text, I'm like, what? Who sent me this? So elaborate on that for me, man. Why has in your head why so much has changed? Stafford has now won two playoff games. Stafford greater than Aaron Rodgers. Why? Dave, Dave, it's it's recency bias for one. And I have to tell you because we have to grow as sports fans. And I grew last week when Matt Stafford took a huge leap and beat Tom Brady on the road. Um, and he's the one that made the play. Like this wasn't like, oh, they picked off Tom Brady late and they ended up skating by him. No, Matt Stafford's the one that literally won that game for the Rams. So as I look at it, big picture, I just think that I think back to Aaron Rodgers has had his chances in the playoffs last year. Dave, who'd they lose to? They lost to the Bucs at home in the NFC Championship game. Like the year before that, one seed. They also lost at home in the playoffs. So this is like three years in a row that they were losing at home with great, they have, they have their home field advantage. They have everything they need set out for him. He's got a top flight receiver in Devontae Adams, but he can't get it done. So you tell me, Dave, if you were to start a franchise right now, who would you take? With these guys at their current ages? Yeah. I would take Matthew Stafford. Okay. I mean, yeah, okay, okay. So he's a few years younger, whatever. Like, probably what, like four, five years younger? I believe like five years. I thought Aaron Rodgers is maybe like 38. Stafford, I think, is 33. 33. Yeah, okay. So if if you're telling me that you can still get two or three great years there out of Aaron Rodgers and you can get maybe four to five out of Matt Stafford, whatever. You know what I mean? But if you're trying to win a Super Bowl next year, I would take Matt Stafford. And I'm just taking Matt Stafford alone on what he did this year. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. right. Stop. Okay. Brant, I'm going to, so, so to push back on that a little bit, I, first of all, I cannot stand Rogers. Um, I'm lukewarm. I'm Matt Stafford. Not as, not as biggest fan. I mean, I like him, but I'm not like Lions fan. Like, Oh my God, Matthew's the best we ever had. Yeah, and Love I'm not him. saying he's. A, I'm right. not even saying he's a top five quarterback right now. Like he's very fringe. Okay. And you can kind of interchange some, some quarterbacks in there. All right, Brant. So the the Denver Broncos just signed not not Dan Quinn, thank God, the coordinator yeah, from the yeah. Cowboys. He's staying. They signed the offensive coordinator from the Packers, and the rumor out there is this could be to potentially lure Aaron Rodgers out to Denver. So I'll pose this question to you. If Matthew Stafford was on the market and available to go to Denver next year, would it, would you rather have like what quarterback on that team right now? I'm not talking about the Rams or the loaded up Rams or the Broncos who have a good team. Does Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford give you, give the Broncos the best chance. I, this is just theoretical, obviously, but give them the best chance to win a Super Bowl next year. Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers? I don't see how it's not Matt Stafford. I, I just, after watching that performance on Saturday night, Dave, do you walk away from that saying, man, Aaron Rodgers is a must have quarterback? Or did you walk away from Sunday afternoon saying, hey, Stafford got them through the GOAT and Tom Brady? 
and let's see what he can do in the NFC Championship game where he's going to be favored. Like, I, I just don't get where, as a Broncos, if I'm a Broncos fan, I would clearly choose Matt Stafford. A one-year rental. One-year rental. You'd want Matt Stafford? Today, yes, absolutely. And over the last three years, I think that Aaron Rodgers has proved that he – He's just a regular season quarterback for some reason. For some odd reason, I don't know. Maybe he's not motivated in Green Bay or whatever it is, but he has been such a disappointment. Can you can you say different? No, I, I don't disagree, and I cannot stand Aaron Rodgers. I, I just think, like, okay, Stafford, first of all, yeah, tip your hat to him. He had an outstanding, an outstanding game. Um, two games, really. I mean, the first game he did what he had to do essentially when his number was called to get them a win this past game, he went out and won that thing, uh, for them. And with that bomb to Cooper cup at the end, and he just had a great game overall. Um, so yeah, you've got to tip your, you've got to tip your hat to him, but I, I just struggle with that. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers. We've been talking about him being a Hall of Fame quarterback for years now. Um, yes, he has won a, he has won a Super Bowl. Yes. He per, now he has not gotten it done the, the, in these last few years, and he's not won a Super Bowl in quite some time. I get that argument, but the, now to see just the tie change so drastically, Matthew Stafford played for the Lions for what twelve years, never won a playoff game. Was it Matthew or was it the Lions? Well, it, right now it looks like it was the Lions, and I don't think anybody would would disagree with that. But twelve years, no playoff wins. This guy goes out there and wins two games, and now we're declaring him better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't get that. I'm not saying he has a better career than Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is right now, recency bias, yes. If I was going into next year, I would take Matt Stafford over Aaron Rodgers. And it's much like when we started to – you know what I compare his career to a little bit, Dave? Is don't don't you remember like the last two, three years of Drew Brees' career? When you were like, man, he is regular season, regular season, he's kind of dogging it, man. Like he's playing really good. Like, and then in the playoffs, they would kind of fall flat on their face because they would the defenses could do things to him that he couldn't maneuver. Like, you know, and maybe the offenses weren't built like they they were in the past for him. So it just, I don't know what it is, Dave, but it's just like Aaron Rodgers cannot get over this mental playoff block. And it's great if you want to get to the divisional round every year. But if I'm the Packers, I'm kind of looking to move right now. Isn't that crazy to think, too? Like, they're the ones that are going to want to move on, and they don't look so stupid for taking Jordan Love. I mean, maybe Jordan Love sucks, so they end up looking stupid anyway. But honestly, would you be moving on from Aaron Rodgers, or if you would you be moving on from Aaron Rodgers if you were the Packers, Dave? Absolutely. He's a, head, he's a headache. Man, that's why he's had his chances. He's had his opportunities. Yes, he has. And and I told you earlier, right? Uh, You said one of your buddies or some of you work with as a Broncos fan, you were talking about that whole thing. And what did I tell you? I said, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, he doesn't belong on a team like the Broncos. He needs to go to a team like the Steelers and just be a head case and have drama with Juju and Chase Claypool and just be a drama infested team probably be outstanding and then not win in the playoffs. That's probably where he belongs. (laughs) So um, yeah, we'll, we'll close that debate. I do see what you're saying. And I, you know, once again, I'll tip my hat to Stafford. I just, gosh, it seems like you, 
the Stafford lovers have just been there this whole time. And like right now it's like, I told you so. I told you so. You see how good he is. He just had to get out of Detroit. I told you so. And now like there, then there's another, like there's another pool of people. that's like Stafford is not a winner. He's not good. He's not whatever. He's overrated. He's a, he pads his stats. He's a, I'm not that camp, but then there's those of us in the middle that are like, you know, and I think you were there too with me. Prove it, Stafford. Let's see, right? Yeah. And he has proved it. But, dude, two games? Meh, I don't know. We were both in the wait and see camp. And when we saw what he did, so we both can tip our cap and do all of those types of things. But really, Dave, I think the thing that really annoys probably you and me the most is we have a lot of Lions fans that surround our lives. And so they're, they're pseudo winning these games. And they are riding the coattails. The of Detroit Rams. The Detroit Rams. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's kind of annoying to us. Like, you, no, okay. You you don't get to celebrate these wins as if they're your wins. But um, they are. But they are. Yeah. And whatever. And did you see the video of the guy? I mean, that went pretty viral when he's like yelling for Stafford. And it's like, dude, okay, sit down. Right. Okay. We right. get it. You've never been there before to the NFC Championship. And neither really you and I, Dave, as Cowboys fans. But we're not celebrating other people's victories when they're not on our team anymore. So. It is the, it's the weirdest thing. It would have been like Tony Romo who could never get it done for the Cowboys, but people love Tony because he was consistent. He was, he was a good quarterback. I would have never celebrated a playoff win. Anyway. No way in the world, man. Like, dude, I'm, are you kidding me? Like if Tony Romo would have went elsewhere, I would not have been wearing my Tony Romo Cowboys Jersey crying for him in happiness. Like it's, it's weird. I don't know. I, I cannot explain it. So, all right, Brant, shift uh, for to college football for, for just a second, and then we'll we, let's talk some college hoops here. We're hopefully Michigan and Michigan State will actually play each other this week this weekend. We talked about that last time, and then the game got postponed slash canceled. But, Brant, before we go to college hoops, the latest on Jim Harbaugh. So, Jim still is not signed anywhere. He's not signed at Michigan. He's not signed anywhere in the NFL uh to my knowledge he hasn't interviewed anywhere in the NFL uh and we're just living in this world of limbo right now he's continuing to recruit uh you know he's flirted with the the Raiders thing there's a new there's it seems like there's five new headlines every day about Jim Harbaugh Jim Jim Harbaugh has mutual interest in the NFL no, Jim Harbaugh is just using this as leverage to sign at Michigan. Like, I'm so annoyed with the headlines, but you are starting to see some, some dominoes start to fall here. So, first of all, Michigan brings in to replace Sean Nua, Mike Elson from Notre Dame to, to coach the D-line. Uh, that was a, a recent hire and a really good hire for them. But then they take a huge blow, and they lose Mike McDonald their first year defensive coordinator who did an outstanding job obviously at Michigan uh and he he's gone he is back to the NFL he's back to the Ravens where he came from and and now now it's that it's who's next you know is it Elston is it Steve Klinkscale you know he's been a highly touted guy and a potential D coordinator for a while um you know he 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 was primed for that role at Kentucky from everything that I ever had read uh, and then he comes to, to Michigan. So maybe he could be in line. Is it somebody else? Um, what do you think, first of all, that, that D coordinator job, what do you think Michigan does with that? 
I would love for just Vic Fangio to come in and run our defense. <laughs> I feel like that's maybe a long shot though. Um, for anybody that doesn't know him and Jim Harbaugh are actually pretty good friends and um, they worked together in the past, but I, I think he's an NFL guy and he wouldn't want to coach college kids. So, so that's probably out of the window. Um, I, I like somebody that's on staff. Um, I'm not crazy about going out and getting somebody else uh, that's not on the staff. And I think that, and I think that clink scale would be a good fit, but um, I think Elston is the answer if I had to pick someone today. And I think his, his time at Notre Dame came with consistency and they had some really good defenses at Notre Dame, Dave, uh, that were one very highly recruited classes. So that that's kind of a feather in his cap. And, and two, um, outside of playing Alabama, they, they really had shut a lot of teams down when they made their national championship runs and stuff like that, which, you know, Alabama's going to score on a lot of people. So really, you know, that's whatever. So I, I really think that w- with him being on staff there, it's just you slide him into that position. Um, probably doesn't affect recruiting a whole lot. Uh, seeing how Mike was only there for one year anyway. Um, and probably a lot of these defensive players want to play for the assistant coaches or Jim Harbaugh himself. So I think that's a natural fit and, and one that really won't ruffle too many feathers. So I think that uh, I think it's going to be Elston too. And this is why I don't have any inside uh, source knowledge on this. This is just my opinion. I think this has all been in the works for quite some time. I think that John Harbaugh pretty much told Jim, you could rent this kid for a year and wanted Mike McDonald to get some, some uh, defensive core coordination under his belt before he took that job at the Ravens. I, th- I think that was already in the works. And then he goes to Michigan and does a really good job. You saw they canned their longtime defensive coordinator. Uh, and then boom, there it is poaching Mike McDonald back to the NFL. And I think Jim knew that. I don't think Jim was surprised by that. They're brothers. You know, they talk. I think this is just my opinion. I think that has been in the works. And on top of that, I think that this all ties into Harbaugh's contract because I do think that he is staying at Michigan and I'll get your take on this in just a second, Brant, but I do think he's staying at Michigan. And first of all, for every rumor there is about him going to the NFL, there's zero any confirmed anything that he's actually interviewed anywhere. I don't really know if anybody wants him in the NFL. Uh, he's not the most liked guy. He burns bridges everywhere he goes. And Michigan's about the only job I think that could probably still continue to tolerate him um, and his personality. And that is not just me being like a Jim Harbaugh hater as a Michigan fan, as I've probably come across at times on this podcast. That's just the reality. You look at his, uh, his tenure, he, he wears out his welcome quickly. And so I don't know if there's actually, I mean, I'm sure there's teams looking at, I'm sure the Raiders are taking a look at Harbaugh. You know, the bears were also rumored. Uh, they took the Colts defensive coordinator. So that job's filled. I don't, I don't see Harbaugh going anywhere. Um, and, and I think that this is, you know, first of all, Mike Elston would not have left Notre Dame and come and, and take the, and taken this job without the security of knowing that Jim Harbaugh is going to stay. That conversation happened in my opinion. Um, and furthermore, I think the reason why he took this job, a quote unquote lateral move, if you will, from, you know, D line coach to D line coach, uh, from Notre Dame to Michigan. I think that my gut tells me that Jim told him what was happening and what was about to happen with Mike McDonald 
with the the slight nod of uh, you're you're going to get that defensive uh, coordinator job because you know Elson wanted it at Notre Dame and didn't get it, and so I think he had uh, that did not sit sit well with him. And uh, that's just my, I, I think this has all been in the works. I think this is like, as we're all seeing it unfold, it's like, oh, wow. Oh, Mike left or yeah. McDonald left. Who's going to step in. I think it will be Elson. He came here for a reason. Just my, just my opinion. Uh, Brant, your thoughts on, on all of, all of that that I shared. And then also, you know, whether you think Jim Harbaugh is staying or going. Yeah. Quickly on the Mike McDonald thing, he, he should probably still figure out how to substitute uh, correctly if he's going to go back to the NFL like that was still a mess and I think he's still a young coordinator that might take some lumps with the Ravens back in the NFL like I, I wasn't com- I wasn't completely sold on him as a defensive coordinator anyway Dave like I was 80% on him like I thought he did a good job I thought he brought a lot of new energy to the program but I don't think it's like oh my gosh what are we going to do on defense now Dave do you feel that way no, I, I don't. I, I think that he certainly was a significant upgrade over Don Brown's steel defense. Yeah. And so he right. gained the love of Michigan fans very quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think any Michigan fan is really too concerned about losing Mike McDonald. Um, so, so it'd be really interesting to see how whoever steps into that role, what they bring, if they keep the same kind of defensive schemes or if they switch up only a little bit of things. Um, although, uh, I, I am interested to see what Elston could bring if he were, was to be the uh, defensive coordinator. But I think I think him and Jim probably had that conversation. I would agree with that, Dave. I think that there was probably some workings in the background. Um, and obviously, but Brian Kelly leaving helped that tremendously, right? So all of those things kind of fell into place. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring or whoever it is can bring. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to stay tuned day by day, minute by minute, oh, hour by hour yeah. on yeah, Jim you, Harbaugh. You also asked me about the Jim Harbaugh situation. Yeah, I don't think anybody's really reached out to him. And and as far as I can see, on the Raiders front, it looks like it's uh, Josh McDaniel's job to lose at this point. Did you see that today? I did see that, yeah. And I can't say I was shocked by it. I did think that the their interim coach, who did a really nice job, obviously, uh, I thought he would be the favorite, but I did see that come out Josh McDaniels. And it seems like Josh McDaniels' name is out there every year, but um, kind Patri- of crappy, Patriots kind of crappy, coordinators. Huh? Kind of crappy of the Raiders, especially after the players came out and defended that guy. Um, you know, and they, they really thought that maybe by campaigning for him, he would be back as their coach. Um, so that's a tough spot to put anybody into. If Josh McDaniels walks in there and those guys seem to want to play for the coach that was just there, or if he's still on staff or whatever, and they're kind of side-eyeing, if things don't get off to a hot start, um, that could be bad. That's something I could see Jim Harbaugh oddly enough signing up for because he's just weird and wouldn't care about that scenario. But, uh, whether it's good or bad, Dave, I think he's back next year and, um, maybe he can win back-to-back Big Ten titles. I don't know. The guy's a nut. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's let's shift into college hoops here for a second. Brant, Michigan and Michigan State set to play this weekend. Hopefully, uh, like I said before, they were supposed to play last time. COVID ruined that, and here we are. Though looks like the stage is set, and all signs point to this one being a go. Michigan travels to East Lansing. Uh, Michigan just edged out a really close one last night against Northwestern and they're on a three game win streak. Now, finally things seem to be 
They're starting to click for this team. Um, there are certainly lumps right now and glaring things that just need, they need to be fixed. They need to be more consistent. Um, we can talk about those, but man, you're starting to see Caleb Houston. Finally, I feel like I've been do- like dogging him when we text like every game, like if Caleb Houston could just not be terrible and be the 4.5 star, not even the five star uh, that they recruited him to be. Like Michigan would be so much better and he's been playing so much better and, and it's helping. And, and Hunter Dickinson has been too, since he came back, he struggled against Northwestern played very good in the first half, got in foul trouble as in Musa Diabate. They they've got, they they've got things that they've got to work out. Um, and Michigan state is a, is a good team. Now they took some losses too, though. Uh, and, and so Brant, give us the, the state of this, this game right now, where do you see this one going and what are some keys that we should be looking for? Well, Dave, Michigan has changed how they play offense and it's no longer this motion on the outside perimeter oriented, swing the ball around type of deal. They are playing inside out and Dickinson, it seems to be getting a touch every single time. And he's looking over double teams and he's finding shooters, Um, so that has served Michigan really well. I like the way that Houston shot the ball recently. Um, I think Eli needs to look for his shot a little bit more. He seems to be a little gun shy for whatever reason, but, um, Michigan is really rolling right now. And you look at the other side of the coin, Michigan state took a hard loss at Illinois. No Kofi, no Curbelo. That's a, that's a spot where it's almost a must win for a Michigan state team. And, I got on the money line before those two were announced not to play. And I mean, it was, it was like, that never happens to me where like, I'm like, Oh, I have a major advantage here on the house. And then they end up both scoring in the fifties and it's like a slug fest for whatever reason. And Michigan state couldn't figure it out. Um, And I think that you're going to see a lot of that with this Michigan state team where it's like head scratching turnovers and, um, disjointed possessions from time to time because their point guard play is still meh. So I think if you're going to look for keys in this game, look for Michigan State to have better point guard play. I think A.J. Hogard needs to play a little more than Tyson Walker. He seems to be a little better of a scorer. He's not a great passer, but if you're looking for, for points on the board, he's your guy to go to. Um, and look, look for Michigan to play good three-point defense. If they can do that against Michigan State, then you can stop a lot of the transition threes, um, threes, open threes by Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, things like that. Because what's going to get this crowd into it? Three-point shots. If you can keep the crowd out of it, you can feed Dickinson. You can take your time on possessions, and you can kind of grind them out, and you can probably steal a W here from Michigan. But Dickinson's going to have to bring his A game. Houston's going to have to hit shots. And Eli's going to have to look for his shot a little bit more. And Diabate is going to have to stay out of foul trouble. He needs to stop acting like he's a freshman in November and start playing like he's a freshman in February. Yeah. I also think Devontae Jones has been huge for them lately. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that point guard matchup this weekend, that'll be interesting to watch, Dave. Keep an eye on that one. Whether it's Hogard or Walker, Jones is the experienced player out of all three of those players, and he needs to act like it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And so, Brant, that leads us into our final segment here, which is the, the betting segment. Now, we know that the, the lines for these games don't come out, it seems like, to the very last minute. 
but speaking of Michigan, Michigan State, I think you had something uh, for us, or you kind of gave me the nod that you you had read something of what this line may may start at. So um, yes. let's roll into the bets. So for Ken Palm, uh, you can kind of figure out what the what the lines are going to be on there. They kind of put those out. Um, it's actually going to open as Michigan State as a two and a half point favorite. So I mean, basically a pick 'em, Dave. But it, I mean, two points is kind of a lot in these types of games. But uh, so, what do you think? Can State cover two or three? Yeah, two and a half. I think that I think State will not cover two and a half. I think, think that, yeah, I'm going to take Michigan plus two and a half. And I mean, at that point, I'd probably take Michigan on the money line just because of where those points stand. Yeah, right. um, and, and, and I'm put, I'm taking Michigan just be now. I would not have taken Michigan, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. I'm just looking at the, the, the trends right now between these two teams. And for that reason alone, I probably am going to roll Michigan, but I think this one's going to be a toss up, man. Like winning at the Breslin center is not going to be easy. And state is a very good team, very well coached team. So, um, Juwan, in my opinion, Juwan has got to bring his a game. Juwan has got to have these guys ready to play. What do you think is going to happen? I think Michigan state will win this game and I, and I don't think they'll win it convincingly. I think they'll, they'll probably hit a couple shots late that Michigan won't. And I can see it being like a five to eight point game. Um, I'm sure you can see it being that way too. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. But, um, I think that the the home crowd will probably fire them up just enough to get it done. And I think it's interesting because when they go to Indiana, Michigan seems like they're road warriors or something. They have some a different mentality on the road. And if you've listened to Chrysler this year, it's silent. I don't know what it is. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. So sometimes they don't like, play well there either. They play better not, on the they road. Don't give them, they don't really give them a reason to cheer. That's a good point, Dave. But I, I think they might get more juice from a crowd hating on them, which definitely can happen. So oddly but, enough, they've been a better team on the road, I think, uh, recently. But we'll see what happens there. But I'll take Michigan State to cover the two and a half. And um, I, I think that if they if Michigan can hit enough shots from the perimeter – then they can end up winning this game, but it's going to be on Houston and Eli and Devontae to, to really hit those shots. So um, let's, let's get into the NFL, Dave. Um, obviously the championship games this weekend, both on Sunday, uh, Bengals traveling to Kansas, Kansas city, Kansas city, giving away seven and a half here, Dave. Seven and a half, huh? To get to the super bowl. I'll take Bengals plus seven and a half. That seemed way too easy for you. Have you yep. seen that offensive line? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've, I've seen it. Have you seen the Chiefs secondary, though? That I've, should be I've, a retort. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I just – I don't – okay, I mean, we've seen the Bengals' offensive line all year. They're here yeah. right now. Joe Burrow continues to get killed. They're still here. So, until uh, they show me otherwise, yeah, I, I'll take them plus seven and a half. I'm not saying – they're going to win the game. I don't think that's probably the case, but plus seven, seven and a half seems like a lot. Give me an over under 54 and a half. Who 54 and a half. Yeah. I, I would take the under on that. Seems super high, right? That's seems, that, Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. That I think seems that's very high. some recency bias with last week's game. Uh, right. Between the Chiefs and the bills that break 70, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I will take, 
I'll take the Bengals to cover as well. I think that's probably a seven point game at most. Um, that half point really makes a big swing. Um, okay, let's do 49ers at Rams. This is the evening game, 640 kickoff. Uh, 49ers getting three and a half. I'll take the 49ers plus three and a half. I think they're going to win this game. I, I do. <laughs> I do. I'll be confident. What do you think that's attributed to, Dave? You think that's the defense? You think it's Kyle Shanahan? You think it's Jimmy? It's Debo? What what do you do? You think it's just overall the team or what? No, I think it's Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. I I do. (laughs) I I think. I I really think they're they may shock the shock the world. Man, Kyle Shanahan just has this look on his face like he's locked in the entire game. Yeah. You know. it's weird to say that he might be a better coach than his dad. That's crazy to say, right? Uh, Mike Shanahan obviously won two Super Bowls, but um, with John Elway, which makes things easier. But still, um, I will take the Rams to cover. Um, I like Matt Stafford in this spot. It's really tough to beat a team two times. Beating them three times is nearly impossible, I think, especially on the road. But, Dave, you know what they say. San Francisco is going to fill that stadium. They did last time, a sea of red. Yeah, a sea of red. I yeah. mean, Debo's got to be healthy though, too. He, yeah. he's got he got banged up too. They yeah, they've got to they've got to be healthy. What do you think about his over under, Dave? Eighty yards from scrimmage, catching oh, and, and over. Coaching. Ooh, over. That seems real easy for you too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I actually put one down on his. Uh, it was right around that uh, in the last game. He did not. He did not have like a one of his. Oh, he didn't crush games. it. No, no he yeah. didn't. But he ended up like seven yards over that. I just think that with how they use him creatively in the run game, and and he's a big play threat too. Um, he's gonna get his touches, and I think he's a he's just one of those cats that's built differently, man. He's like that Swiss Army knife. You plug him in anywhere, and Kyle Shanahan's gonna get creative with him. And you know, each each week. Although, uh, you know, the gimmicky plays do do get them in trouble at times. Also, the creativity is just insane. And you know that uh, Shanahan's got some tricks up his sleeve. Um, and I think the other thing is, Brant, I think Elijah Mitchell is a very good running back. Now, I we know that the Rams, the, the Rams up front are, are, are tough, man. Aaron Donald is is tough right. <laughs> um yeah. but but and all them boys yeah oh yeah but but elijah mitchell is a good is a good running back and yeah i just uh i got a sneaking suspicion that uh the detroit rams might not pull it out this weekend dave don't you almost feel like whoever makes less mistakes will win this game like both of these quarterbacks are like i really don't want to screw this up i just want my defense to win it for me so i would i would feel pretty comfortable taking the under in this game I'm not sure this thing reaches 35, 40 points. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. In ter- when you say the word mistakes, I think that you're, you're probably right with that. And that probably at this point in the game, although it was Matt Stafford's mistakes who lost them a game against the 49ers the last time out. I, I don't foresee that happening again. Um, I, I, I think that Matt will be, or Matthew, whatever <laughs> he will, uh, he'll, he'll be ready and he's going to play well. Um, the 49ers defense is, is good. And I, I also think, you know, Jimmy G is, he's the X factor in this game. Jim, Jimmy has got, he's got to be better. They're squeaking by with the play of Jimmy G right now. It's almost like if they had a, 
a more competent quarterback, I think I would feel very comfortable taking the the 49ers. So um, J- Jimmy has got to give you 225, two touchdowns, and and he's got to not be throwing away a pick. So Has Jimmy passed for 200 yards in this playoffs. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, he he's been no, he's like a 180 type of type of a guy. I, I think I just think he's going to have to if they're going to win this game, because, you know, unless I don't think Elijah Mitchell is going to have a huge game. I think he's a good runner. He can open things up in the passing game. Debo Samuel can run can run it and they can get creative with him. I just think Jimmy's Jimmy's going to have he's running into a spot right now. He's going to have to make some plays. He doesn't have to be the focal point of their offense, but he's got to be good enough and he's got to play mistake free football. Um, yeah, Dave, and we really haven't seen Kittle or IU explode onto the scene yet in this playoff. No, like you no. really haven't seen those two make big plays yet. But I think that could be the sleeping giant. Maybe you've kind of been thinking about because. Um, I like that Jennings kid too. I like that Jennings. Yeah, and and I mean, you look at the 49ers and you're like, yeah, they ain't got no offense. Well, they can explode on you in a hurry if you leave Ayuk open and you leave Kittle on guard. You know what I mean? Yep, you got it. Absolutely. Well, hey, my friend, I am not exaggerating when I say I cannot feel my toes right now. I am absolutely frozen. So um, this one is in the books. Um, as always, as we are uh, plunging through our, our podcast, we appreciate the, the followers, the subscribers. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, make sure that you share it out. Any other uh, fans, especially this point in the winter, you know, everybody could, could change up what they're listening to and looking for something new, um, some new perspectives and a couple of average guys in our garage just talking sports. So appreciate your uh, support as always. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks, Brant. Take it easy, my friend.